Hey everybody, welcome to the John D. Podcast. I'm your host, John D. Miller. Episode number 34, that's right, Treinta Cuatro, in the old Espanol language, that's right, episode 34, June 19th, 2021. Just want to say real quick here on the top of the show, okay? Happy Freedom Day to everybody of black and African American descent. I think that it is a holiday that should be celebrated in the United States. Should be a federal holiday. Um, I'm I'm all for it. Okay, so <laughs> ha- happy June nineteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Okay, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. So happy June Juneteenth. Uh, I'm rolling on one hundred twenty one days. No booze. Yeah, no booze. No booze. That's all right. I'm okay. I feel good in that department. I'm kind of a little mad. I'm a little upset. As I sit here in the Lizard Mill Creation Studio. That's right, Lizard Mill. My Liz, some of you might know her from previous episodes. So you know she's real. She's still around. She's she's doing some stuff tonight. Which actually I'm having a, a good boy episode this evening. The kid is out in the in the family room here in the basement. And he's playing hockey on the PlayStation. That's right. That's my boy. Uh, but yeah. So she's out doing some stuff. And so... I'm I'm in the studio because I've really been trying to get an episode recorded. Um, yeah, that's been crazy. It's been it's been a weird it's been a weird thing. Um, yeah. So, what was I trying to say? Yeah. So, all right. So, Lizard Mill, L I Z Z A R D, Mill M I L L Creations. Check it out on uh, Facebook. Okay, that's her. That's her little company. She does. She does good work. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to do an episode. I really have, but there's been things such as a little over a week ago, I was trying to come down here and record and record another one because I try to do at least every two weeks. I'm trying to, but sometimes I want to, I really would love to do every week, but I don't know. But point being, I was getting ready to come downstairs a little over a week ago and I was uh, in the upstairs living room there in our house and out on the road, out in front of the house, there was a car accident. <laughs> At like midnight, a little before midnight. So I had to get, you know, I heard I heard it and I went out, you know, I turn on the floodlights. It's raining. I take my phone. I go out. There was a kid and uh, not a kid. He was late teens, early 20s. Felt bad for him. He was in a little little sedan and there was a pickup truck on its side that apparently had slid around the turn on the road. It was just crazy. And, they, ugh. and then that took like two hours. It was, uh, you know, I had... Police and fire trucks and ambulances, and took two hours. And by the time that was all done, Liz had woken up from the commotion. Kids slept right through it, though, so <laughs> that's a good thing for future reference. Um, but yeah, and I just looked at Liz. I was like, I was about to go record, but not going to happen now. So, and then it's just been other things. So you know, but I was bound and determined. I'm bound and determined to get you a new one here. But I am kind of upset because I'm upset because a a company, a large corporation uh, in the United States has reared its money-grubbing claws uh, into the hearts and minds of America, some American people. Not the whole, not all of the American people, but a, but a good sizable portion of them. I'm talking about the National Broadcasting Company, NBC decided the other day that they're going to cancel the television show Manifest. Now, if you're not familiar with the show Manifest, it's about, uh, it's it was in its third season. It just finished its third season. 
but it's about a plane that takes off from Jamaica and is flying to New York City. And during the course of the flight, there's they experience turbulence, lightning, all kinds of crazy stuff. And they actually think at one point the plane might crash or something like that. And then after a little, you know, like a minute of that, everything goes back to normal and they, they continue flying on to New York City. Well, when they arrive in New York City, they land the plane to find out that they have been missing and presumed dead. Everybody on the plane, the plane itself, missing and presumed dead for the last five and a half years. Yeah. And great, great idea for a show. And so the people deal with, you know, what would happen if you were gone for five and a half years? People have moved on in relationships. People have died. It's just a whole, a whole thing. So, and it started off and then it was, people were wondering about, you know, where were they? And it, it, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was a pretty good show. And uh, Manifest decided just to cancel it because this is the thing. I don't understand what, so I guess the first season, their uh, viewership was like 12 million then last season the second season it was like eight million and then this past season it was between five and a half and six million and NBC decided that you know that wasn't enough for them because they're 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 greedy their executives are greedy you know they're not worried about food on the table or lights on or anything like that they've got plenty of money but yet NBC apparently doesn't perceive them making enough money off of a show like this and I'm insulted my wife Liz is insulted because we developed, we devoted, ugh, can't talk today. We devoted time and effort into knowing characters and plot lines and watching the show. It's, it was, it was one of the couples things. That's what couples do, right? You can't, she doesn't want to sit around and watch hockey all the time. She, she does and she will. And she enjoys watching the game, but she doesn't want to do it all the time. But that's what couples do. They always, I don't care your gender, your sexuality, whatever. All couples, especially those that have been together, Liz and I have been together for nine plus years. And so we have, we have shows we want to watch together and it was fine. Um, and that's what, that was what manifest was for us. We had a show we watched together. That's what couples do. And so you figure in three seasons, let's just do this basic numbers, three seasons, 12 episodes in a season. Let's go and, you know, an hour, an episode. Um, although some were longer than that, two hours or whatever. That's 36 hours of our lives in the last three years that we've devoted to watching this, this program and NBC not learning a lesson from the pandemic of where people are cutting the cord, which is really not that people like cut the cord. It's it's cheaper and whatever. Yes. You do have more content to choose from, but geez, it's the same as cable. It's the same cause as cable. I I won't get into all that stuff, but, but yeah, but NBC just sat there and nixed it. They should have learned that you still have viewers but all they measure is their viewership on the nights that things air. They cut, they canceled other stuff. It's just that they just, the disregard of it. And people say, well, Manifest will be on another network or whatever. And it probably will. But how long is that going to take? It's just complete disregard for people like uh, my wife and I and many of other people, you know, close to 6 million other people in this country. You know, they, they don't necessarily watch it the night it airs. Most people don't anymore. That's what on-demand and streaming has done, NBC. You short-sighted bitches. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm sipping on my non-alcoholic beer, which tonight is Buckler. This evening it's Buckler. It's pretty good. I, Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I'm just an alcoholic that still likes beer. I still like the taste of it. 
But yeah, I just I'm mad at NBC. I'm just mad that the people could just do this. It ended on a cliffhanger too, and some people said the writing was a little weird because they said it was like that TV show Lost. I don't know if you guys. I used to watch Lost back in the day, and it's, at least it's so much better than it was now. That was back when watching Lost and all these other programs, X Files. I never really got into X Files because yeah, all these shows like you'd sit there and try to watch them and. Yeah, it was. I mean, like the TV show Lost. If you missed a couple episodes, there was no on-demand to catch up. You had to go buy a box set of VHS tapes that are probably sitting in the corner of your basement. I think I have one around here somewhere. That are, uh, you know, that's how you got to catch up on the on your on your shows. Now you can just watch them whenever, whenever you want, at your time and your leisure, right? I'm not happy. I think that uh, NBC, they should be able to keep uh, their Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. Uh, they should be able to keep their Saturday Night Live, which it's okay. It's gotten better than it was for a while. There, it sucked. Weekend Update has always been my favorite part of the show ever since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think NBC should only be allowed to air shows that are based on historical accurate, um, <laughs> historically accurate stuff. So, for instance, you know, whatever it might be. But that way, and they can put their own spin on it if they want, but that way, at least if they cancel the series, at least you're going to f- know how it ends, right? <laughs> you're going to know what happens at the end. But Manifest, we don't know what's going to happen. We may never know what's going to happen. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm also not happy with Disney+, Plus because they're playing games with this whole Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and all this other crap they got coming out. Well, it's going to be out next year. You know what? I don't have, I don't have, you know, I don't, give it to me now. <laughs> I want it now. I'm talking like my eight-year-old. But I'm just saying, I don't want to say, well, it's going to be out sometime in the fall of 2022. Oh, my God. Seriously. Seriously. You know how much stuff, I might not even care about the show anymore by fall of 2022. I might have something else going on in my life. I don't know. Maybe I'll... Yeah. I'm just saying. Only let NBC air historically... Like, just have shows based on historical facts. Like, for instance, like, they could do a sitcom on the Hindenburg. Make it like a Cheers in the bar of the Hindenburg. You know? Now, most of my demographic is old enough. They might know a little bit about that. But in case you don't, so many youngsters that are out there, the Hindenburg was like... These things called Zeppelins that the Nazis... Well, the Germans, but the Nazis... Had built, and they have these giant oblong gas filled balloons with propellers on them, and they would fly them across the Atlantic. And they, there was one called the Hindenburg, and it tried to land at a field in New Jersey. And it, uh, it was like static electricity or something from the where it was landing or something, and it, it burst into flames. And it was this whole crazy thing. And there's actually a famous, there's, well, you, there's footage of it, but the, there was a radio reporter there. And that, it, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's a famous quote. And it's where the radio reporter was going, oh, the humanity, all oh, the humanity. Yeah, that's where that was from. But on the Hindenburg, why I think it would be funny is because on the Hindenburg, there was a room that was like a lounge and you could, there was a bar in there, but also the room was sealed in rubber. And that was so people who were riding on the Hindenburg, they had like a little balloon on the bottom or a little, they had like a little, uh, I don't know what you call it. They had like a little building on the bottom of it. What the hell do you call that? I don't know what you would call that. 
Mm, I want to look it up, but I'm not going to. But in that building, it was a rubber room that was sealed. So people could go in there and they could drink, but then also they could smoke in there. And that, but that kept all the people who were smoking away from this giant gas filled balloon. What was the Hindenburg filled with? Oh, now I'm wondering. Um, hey, Siri. What kind of gas was the Hindenburg filled with? Here's an answer from Britannica.com. Though it was designed to be filled with helium gas, the airship was filled with highly flammable hydrogen because Ooh. of export restrictions by the United States against Ugh. Nazi Germany. Huh. I love my British Siri. Yeah, so it was filled with hydrogen gas. Uh, that's asking for trouble, right? I.e. why you couldn't, you, could, you had to smoke in that one little room. Hydrogen gas. Oh, the humanity. Yeah, so they could have like a little cheer sitcom in the bar on the Hindenburg. And then that way at season three or four, uh, when they cancel it, you go, well, at least we know that these people all got to New Jersey and some of them died. Some of them lived. It was a giant fireball. Move on, right? Can't do that with Manifest because it's a made-up fictional thing. Give me my fucking story. All right, I got to be a good boy. I got to be a good boy. All right. I'm just saying... Um, yeah, thanks for being listening to the last episode. I didn't get a lot of comments or messages back, a whole bunch. Um, I did email everybody back that, for whose emails I read on the last one. Every single person that I read, uh, their emails on, I, I, I emailed them all back personally and I never think back from them. So hopefully y'all liked what I'd said. I don't know. Wade, he never took me up on my offer to rename the studio. The Tom Wilson is a bitch studio. Um, I know I said a thousand, but I think you're just playing the long game on me. You're just playing the waiting game where you're just trying to see how broken, desperate I might get. Um, I could definitely come down on that, but no, I just I'm saying like I wrote back to everybody, never heard anything. Um, but oh well, and I talked about hockey too. Wade, what else do you want? Do you? <laughs> I'm not picking on you, man. I just uh, I'm just saying. Rename the studio. Anybody else wants to rename the studio, you can do it. You can do the whatever. I don't care. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah. So everybody who, but everybody was like, hey, caught your episode. It was great. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, also, I want to say one thing really quick I uh, want to touch on is the um, the fact that, where am I at? Okay. Um, the, the end of the school year. What a crazy year it was. Uh, and just, I want to say to everybody, especially the students, who our son was one of them, eight years old, having to go to school on a computer. I thought he did a great job, buddy. And uh, he yelled, okay. Because you're gonna, okay, he doesn't care. He's, you could tell him anything when he's doing, like something he's really into. He's an eight-year-old. He's playing some, you know. He, Liam, the actual Santa Claus is here. Okay. So. <laughs> silly boy <clears throat> but great job uh, students good job parents uh, I, I gotta get over for Liz she did the majority of the work and don't anybody sit there and judge me about oh, well, of course you did because you there's some people in my family who are probably going oh, well that doesn't surprise me because John's a total idiot or not a total idiot but they think I'm a slacker and I'm not you don't know what I do you're not here with me all the time but uh, Liz, did, she did a great job. And all the parents out there. We had one kid. I don't know how uh, 
all these some of these parents had to deal with like three and four kids huh. listening to you know a teacher going click on the link Timmy t- click on the link click on the link Timmy and now go now go and now in chat box go to the chat okay Ugh. resource um <laughs> that was one teacher that was one teacher that kept playing the song from Creed that I am the champion and she would play it before every class before for every class I, did. I think I heard that song about 40 times this, this past school year. It was ridiculous. And she said, she's like, I could listen to the song every morning. Good, do that. Don't do it to us. Okay? We're not we're not shooting for championships here. At at least not at you know, second grade. Trying <laughs> Yeah. And I helped out people. I saw it. Lunchtime was fun. Had to ask the kid, you know, at like, you know, eleven. Hey, what do you want for lunch? And that way you take his order, basically. Right? And then 11, 30, 12, he had lunch. Which wasn't that hard. It was always pizza, mozzarella sticks, or french fries. Sometimes we can throw a PB&J in there or something else. But mostly, that was it. So we didn't have to guess or ask him too much. It was like he was going, Yes, I'll have the chicken cordon bleu with a uh, side of mashed potatoes. And do you have anything besides green beans? Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. So... And, of course, the parents, uh, well, excuse me, the parents, and then, of course, the teachers and all the staff, all the staff that worked, that work at the schools to deal with the students, and not just the virtual ones, but the ones who who um, taught and uh, worked with the kids that were in person as well. So, it was a crazy year. And so, congratulations to everybody who did that. Students, parents, teachers, and staff, faculty. Um, I think that you all deserve a big round of applause. I told, <clears throat> I told Liam the other day that I was, uh, I was proud of him for getting through it, and he got a little teary eyed. I got a little teary eyed too. I was kind of like, ooh, he does that. I can't look at my kid upset and not cry. <laughs> I just can't do it. Hey, I'm a big. I might stone tilt on this show, but I'm a, I'm a softy, especially when it comes to your kid, man. You know, I was proud of him. He did it. He definitely did it. But I was talking about lunch. We had to, did lunch, and that was cool. We had. I found out the definition of between ketchup and ketchup and catsup, which I had to explain to the kid that it's not actual cats and catsup. Um, but yeah, apparently there it started as catsup, and it came from a um, an Asian word in uh, from an, a sauce that they used to make in Asia and called ketsaip. And what they would do is they would put it; they used it for. Um, it was a sauce called Ketsaip, and they it had like cinnamon and salt, uh, onions, uh, and some other stuff in there. And they would put it; they'd use it as a garnish for pickled fish, which ugh, ugh, that sounds nasty. Pickled fish, P- pickling. I don't, I don't know why people think that anything is that is pickled is a delicacy. I don't. Pickling was basically made so that or invented, or whatever the word you want to call it, so that people who were sailing across oceans and stuff a long time ago, when it took weeks or months at a time, pickling was just a way, and salting, was just a way to help preserve the food so that people could sail across an ocean and not die, not starve to death. That was that was it. It wasn't really anything more than, you know, like, oh, this is good. Hmm. I like the brininess. I like how it's sour. No, it's just it was just a way to preserve the food. Anyway, so they and then from there it went to Indonesia, and then it was kind of got over to Europe, and there was catsup and ketchup, 
and then it actually came over to the Americas, and uh, kind of right before it got, I know you're probably like, really this is a comedy show, but I thought it was interesting how it got introduced into the Americas, and that's when it really took on to what it was uh, in the in the how we know it now. I thought that was pretty cool, interesting because they started using more tomatoes, they started using uh, things like cayenne pepper, little cayenne pepper in there and stuff like that. Catsup and ketchup and uh, Heinz, Heinz, the 1800s, 1880s. It's how long that, no wonder they own a football field in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a football field in Pittsburgh, so he's not bragging, really. I mean, you know, but don't get me wrong, people in Pittsburgh. I like your town. I hate your sports teams. I really do. I just, I do. That's the way I feel about them. Uh, yeah. So, not going to try to make this too long an episode. I always say that. Then I talk and I talk. I'm kind of mad though. Also, not mad. I'm upset. I'm bewildered, let's say. Um, I don't know if anybody saw this, but not long ago, not even a month ago, does it mean, do you know who Ricky Schroeder is? Do you know who Ricky Schroeder is? He was, he's an actor. Apparently he was a director. Let's, let's look up who Ricky Schroeder was. Is well, he is. He's a real human being, darn it. <clears throat> uh, okay, Ricky Schroeder. Uh, this is Richard Bartlett Schroeder, born April 13th, 1970. So he's like, what, four years older than me? He's an American actor and film director. As a child actor, uh, he was billed as Ricky Schroeder. He debuted in the film The Champ in 1979. I don't know if you ever saw that, but he has like a really emotional scene that I think he got not at least nominated for some award for. Um, I think it's about like a boxer and he dies or some shit. I don't know. I don't feel bad if I'm giving away the end of the story, unlike an, a canceled uh, NBC series because it's not that great a movie. It was made in 1979. Who the hell watches one of those movies anymore anyways? Um, 79. And then he went on to become a child star on the sitcom Silver Spoons. Hold on. What was Silver Spoons? Silver Spoons is an American sitcom television series that aired in NBC. Oh, go figure. Go figure. From September 25th, 82 to May 11th, 86. So it lasted, what, for not even, well, not even four years. And is in first, and in first run syndication from 86 to 87. That didn't last very long. The series was NBC television. Never heard of them. NBC communication. That's the thing. We were talking about manifest. So that's how it works in Hollywood. Studios make things like movies and television shows and stuff like that, entertainment things, and then they sell them to networks or whatever. And the, and in modern eras, now uh, it's the you know, Hulu or they sell them to Netflix or whatever. So, but they the studios make them and then they sell them to the basically the highest bidder, I would imagine. Um, and that's how they do it. So. That's what they were talking about with Manifest. They're like, well, somebody else will do it. So the studio that makes it, which I actually think it's MGM, can make the show, and they can sell it to whoever. It's just... But NBC's saying they're not going to release them on the contract. They're not, and they're, which is kind of, a, kind, of a, kind of a shitty move. And so... Yeah, so it was made by NBC Television, NBC Communications, uh, and got canceled in... Well, how did it end? Come on, NBC. How did it end? The series... Yeah, it was canceled, and then it would move to the syndication. Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. Those guys did some sort of a... They did a lot of sitcoms back in the day. 
what was the plot? Hold on, I want to see what the plot was. Because it basically was this rich kid. Okay, so the, the show focuses on the wealthy playboy, Edward Stratton III, who, I can't remember that guy's name, but it was, um, uh, you'd know him if you saw him. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Actually, he was on, uh, wasn't he, isn't he Penny's dad on uh, Big Bang? Aaron, yeah, I think that's the same dude. Oh, and Alfonso Ribeiro was on there as well. Remember him? Yeah, he's the host of AFV, uh, the Carlton. He was Carlton on uh, Fresh Prince. Yeah. I swear that was, yeah, that's him. Yeah, and he was on, uh, yeah, and he's Penny's dad on uh, Big Bang Theory. That's That was the dad. So it was Edward Carlton III, right? Uh, Stratton, sorry. Ed, <laughs> too many names. Edward Stratton III and his relationship with his young son, his son, Ricky Stratton. Ricky was a product of brief marriage between Edward and Ricky's mother. Edward was unaware that he had a son. That's what it was. Okay. Because I knew that he had come to live with his dad and hadn't known him all the time. Um, yeah, it wasn't like an adopted thing, like like a different strokes or something like that. Uh, so... Came to live with uh, the main cast star Joel Higgins as Edward, Rick Schroeder as Ricky. Yeah. Yeah, so basically he got to, you know, and I guess what happened was the mom had died or something. Uh, Jason Bateman played Ricky's best friend over the first two seasons of the show. He was replaced by Alfonso Ribeiro. How do you just replace? Did 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 they ask where Bateman's character went? I remember Alfonso Ribeiro on the show, actually. I do. Um, oh, yeah, and they had uh, John Houseman, who's famous. Not famous, but legendary in, in England, British actor. Um, oh, no, Edwards? Oh, no, he was the... Uh, he was the... He was the da- he was the grandfather. That's what it was. He was I was going to say he was the brother, but he wasn't. He was the grandfather. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hold on. Wait, let me look at this up. So, uh, yeah. So the dad, Edward Stratton, he's like an overgrown kid. He he owns a company called Eddie's Toys. That's right, because he, Ricky, always had the, uh, whatever the freaking name was. Yeah, Rick Schroeder, Ricky. That's a stretch. It's like uh, Norm on, like you know. Oh no! What was the guy? Woody. Woody on Cheers. Hey, Woody. Your actual name's Woody. They always say that, and I've talked about it before. They always say that wasn't what meant to be, but come on. Ricky Stratton. Ricky Schroeder. Can't remember his freaking act, his character name. Screw it. Just call him Ricky. All right. Grandfather, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. Oh, so the mom was on it. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of that. Reason I'm bringing him up, <laughs> all of that, just to get to one point, right, uh, um, was the fact that Ricky Schroeder tried to go into a Costco, Sam's Club, whatever it was, and was told he had to wear a mask, especially if he was not vaccinated. Okay. Your thoughts on that is, I'm not even going to get into the whole vaccinated, not vaccinated, mask, not mask. I'm not getting into that. Okay, but here's the thing, people. You need to understand 
that that's their policy. Okay. You don't need to sit there and, and have to accept it. But if you try to go into a business and they say, and I know people think this is this is all over and it's all behind us, whatever. But in the height, in the middle of it, you had people going, trying to go into places and being told, put on a mask. You have to wear a mask to be in here. And they would freak out. But you know what? You can't do that, people. You say, this is America. Where's my freedom? Uh, you're in a private business, idiot. That's what. That's where your freedom went. Your freedom went out and stopped at the door. Okay? If, if I own a restaurant and I tell you, you know, you can't walk around barefoot in here. Guess what? You got to put shoes on. Am I am, am I somehow taking away your freedoms by saying I don't want to look at your nasty feet? Does that is that it's a health it's a health thing. Wearing a mask is a health thing. So anyway, Ricky Schroeder, he even recorded himself. He looked like a, a complete asshole, and he berated these two employees outside of this. You know, like I said, Price Club, Costco, Sam's Club, whatever the hell it's called now whatever they are, and berated them. And then later on, he apologized sitting in his backyard. He didn't apologize to the people. He did a thing on Twitter where he apologized for going off on these employees who were just enforcing a rule. And he sat there and went on about how it's so, they're, they're infringing on our freedoms and our, no. You want to walk through a public park with no mask on? Go right ahead. You want to go somewhere that's a public, you know, it, but if they tell you, if it's a privately owned business and they tell you business, then you have to do it or don't go in there. That's their right. Laws are not discriminating. And this is where this comes up. Discriminating against you for reasons like, you know, the color of your skin, your sexuality, your whatever, religious or whatever. But Ricky Schroeder, you narcissistic, stupid jackass. That is a wannabe done has been. That, oh, it says you've directed things. I know you were on some crime drama at one point. That probably got canceled before the ending on NBC. But, dude, come on, man. You don't have the right to sit there and go, well, you're just, you're, because I don't want to get a mask and I don't want to get the vaccine and you can't tell me where I can go. To a private business, that's America, dude. Get over it, Ricky Schroeder. Pick up a book instead of living off your silver spoons royalties. How much of that even pay? I know. I'm I'm sitting in my basement talking to myself, drinking a non-alcoholic beer. Who the heck am I to go around judging somebody, right? But I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be a sober person, right? I'm just saying. I, I, I can't believe that he did this. So here's where this comes around. Um, Foo Fighters, my favorite bands. One of my favorite bands. Dave Grohl, right? Was a drummer in Nirvana, right? Uh uh, Kurt Cobain offed himself. And then he literally taught Dave Grohl, taught himself how to play guitar, wrote a bunch of new songs, got a band together, and made the Foo Fighters, right? And he's gone on to sell how many records? How many platinum? Platinum, Ricky Schroeder. Platinum records, right? <clears throat> and this is the thing. This is part of my problem is because Ricky Schroeder has sat there and tried to say that Dave Grohl hasn't done anything because of this. Ricky Schroeder is mad at Dave Grohl and called him uh, a punk, uh, a, a discriminate. What did he, he used some, he tried to use a big word, but he said it wrong. I won't play the, I, obviously I'm not, I'm not going to play a video about it, but uh, hold on. What did 
Ricky Schroeder. I thought I had this already pulled up. I apologize. Schroeder say about Foo Fighters. Because here's what happened. So the Foo Fighters did a concert in New York City. Um, I don't know the price or how much it was. But they played a full capacity concert at Madison Square Garden. And they were basically, the only the way you could get in was to go to, um, to go to the concert was to prove that you were vaccinated. And that's how you got a non-transferable ticket to the show. And Schroeder lost his fucking goddamn mind. Um, I don't, I just don't get it. Um, and they were, they were picketing and protesting outside. This is an article on, well, this is actually on, uh, AOL news. It says Foo Fighters played their full capacity concerts, their first full capacity concert since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. But one of the more recognizable faces wasn't in the audience. Child actor Ricky Schroeder <laughs> ventured over to the canyon in Agora Hills, California. Oh, so he's done more than one of these. Okay, that's what I thought. On Tuesday night to join protesters upset over the co- over the concert's vaccine mandate. You, Rick Schroeder. Schroeder, 51, was photographed with a group of several dozen protesters. Several dozen. Okay. Yeah, your numbers are strong. Holding signs like, Foo Fighters fight to bring segregation back. <laughs> Get the... F- Shut up. Seriously. And event for vaccinated only, uh, unvaccinated not allowed. That was per Variety Magazine. But he has gone on to say that uh, Dave Grohl is a talentless person. I don't know. I think, I mean, what are you living in? Look like your backyard was backing up to the back of another house. So, hmm, Ricky Schroeder. I'm going to say Dave Grohl is probably done a little bit more than you ever have in your lifetime. Makes great music. What have you ever done? Make some shitty little sitcom in the 80s. And then you can sit there. But anyway, he said that Dave Grohl was a uh, segregationist punk and he deserved to be smacked upside the head because he was doing concerts at a venue that he was running, that's private, at a private owned venue. And under his rules, that's simple. That's like if you go to a concert. There's some concerts I've been to where you can actually take your phone uh, into the show and actually film it, take pictures, whatever, and the band doesn't care. I've also been to concerts where you, if you're caught with a phone, they can threaten to take it away from you. If they search your bag and it's on you, they might take it and put it. And they, I've literally had to go back to my car, which is a five-minute walk from where the venue was, to put my phone in my car so like because I wasn't allowed to take it into the venue. It's what the bands say. It's their thing. That's freedom, Ricky Schroeder. That's freedom, you stupid. Mm. That just that really pissed me off. To say that Dave Grohl's a punk and deserves to be smacked upside. You deserve to be smacked upside the head, Ricky Schroeder. I don't care about your reasons for whatever the hell your your gripe is with people like that, but you're so misguided and so out of touch with what's going on in this country, just like so many other people are. And like I said, I'm not going to get that whole thing. But Dave Grohl's statement was, <laughs> I don't give a shit. That's what he's, 
<laughs> Good on you, Dave Grohl. You want to come on my podcast? We can talk about it. He's a Virginia boy. He he went to high school not far from where I went to high school, which was in Arlington. He was in Springfield, Virginia, Northern Virginia, D.C. area. So anybody sees Ricky Schroeder, smack him in the head. That's all I'm saying. Just smack him in the back of the head. And don't apologize in your backyard later. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all, right. all right. We're going to take a break here real quick. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have, uh, I got a thing. It's called a, it's called a shopping cart test. I'm going to talk to you about that. Um, no coat machines in a certain part of the, the North Carolina. Might talk about some hockey and uh, an email. And then uh, we'll roll from there. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Enjoy. And welcome back to episode number 34, Trenta Quattro of the John D Podcast. That's right. How'd you enjoy the little commercial, huh? <laughs> yeah, got to make a little scratch out of this thing one way or the other, right? Uh, and that's the uh, one that I do. That's my hosting platform, Anchor, obviously. So a lot of people listen to this show on different platforms, but that's the one that I host it off of. So, um, And that's what I like to have. It is in the middle. I like doing it that way. But just so you know, anybody out there interested, you can be a sponsor for the show. I can make a, an individual commercial segment. I can read an advertisement for you on the show itself as part of our normal segment. Um, yeah, just let me know if you're interested. Throw a little scratch my way. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to help you out. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, John D. Comedy, J-O-N-D Comedy. Uh, or you, if you want to hit the Twitter page, for the show itself, it's literally just at John Podcast. It's just it's just John Podcast, J-O-N Podcast. You can email the show, the John D Podcast at gmail.com. The John D Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. You know, write in. Also, you can email the show and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, so let me know. Plus, if you want to be a sponsor on the show, let's talk. Not like I don't do enough of that already, right? <laughs> So, all right. So, second part of the show here. I do. I had to go check the score of the Islanders and Tampa game, uh, hockey. Yeah, and uh, Islanders won. Series is now tied two two. That's. It's going to be at least. Well, it has to go at least six games now. I think it's going to go seven. Um, I really do. I see it. I could see it. Definitely, it's a good series, and I'm rooting for the Islanders because my team, the Capitals, our old coach. Our, I say our, how do people do that, actually? I'm one of the people who, you know, we won. Like if you're watching a sporting event, you have a favorite team, and you go, we won. You didn't do anything. The we was on the field or whatever ice or whatever playing surface that it was being done on. We, there's no we. My team won. They won. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, the, the Caps old coach, who they won the cup, Barry Trotz, they won the cup in 2018 with him. And then they just let him go uh, to the to the Islanders. I think it was a great coach, and um, they let him walk. And then they replaced him with this guy named Todd Rudin, who literally stunk up the joint for a season. And they got rid of him. And so, yeah, it was ugh, it was a nightmare. And of course, but it what are you gonna do? So I'm rooting for the Islanders on that on that thing. Plus, I just don't. I'm not a huge Tampa fan. And then you got uh, Vegas and Montreal. That's a weird kind of a thing going on, a weird dynamic, because you had this year in the NHL because of the whole pandemic stuff, the COVID thing. They had all the Canadian teams in one division. 
and the winner of that division would would come out of that division and play the winner of the Western division, and that is the Vegas Golden Knights, which oh, um, expansion team first year they played in the Stanley Cup final against the Caps, and then and they're still competitive. I think, and that's the thing they have Seattle coming into the league. Uh, in later on this fall, there's going to be an expansion draft. It wasn't like the expansion draft is not like it used to be. It used to be you could protect a lot of your really good players, and basically, if you were an expansion team, uh, your team sucked. That's <laughs> pretty much what it was. Your team was going to suck. But now, I guess with the amount of money that that people, organizations, uh, whatever, to buy a franchise in a league like the NHL. You know they're paying like eight hundred fifty million dollars to have a team in the league. Okay, I understand you don't want to get everybody else's scrubs and try to form a team from that. I mean, I remember when the Ottawa Senators and the San Jose Sharks were expansion teams. Now the Ottawa Senators were actually a team back in the early nineteen hundreds, um, and then they became something else before there was even before there even was an NHL. Um, but they were an expansion team back in the uh, 90s. Then you had San Jose. back, And I remember going to Caps games and the Caps beating up those teams because they were literally brand new and beating them like 12 to 2, <laughs> you know. But that doesn't happen now. So I'm inter- interested to see how the Seattle Kraken, which is going to be their team. It's a cool name. Kind of a cool name. First I was like, the Kraken? Yeah. Should have been the Seattle Thunderbirds. But there's a junior league team in the air that's a Seattle Thunderbirds. But I think that would have been cool. But, oh, well. But I mean, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, it's the NHL. And then, but so you got Montreal playing Vegas, which has been a great series. Both both uh, conference, both, both cup. They're just calling them, they're not even calling conferences. They're just calling the cup semifinals. They've been very good series so far. So, I definitely can't complain about that because I am a fan of my team, but I'm also a fan of the sport. So, um, you know, you got Vegas and their rowdy ass trap. Which, by the way, Vegas, way to way to be classy when y'all knocked out uh, the Colorado Avalanche. I got I saw the video. A couple of Vegas fans ran down behind some Colorado Avalanche fans and stole. They had an Avalanche flag and they stole it. And this guy ran up the stairs after the dude that stole it, and a bunch of other Vegas fans attacked him. Yeah, way to be classy. And every time there's a game, they got the, there's the, fucking, yeah, lights and the pomp and circumstance. Stupid. But they're playing a very history and storied um, franchise in the Montreal Canadiens. So that's been a good series. And of course, you got the Islanders in Tampa. So that's been that's been pretty good. I'm I'm actually I'm actually um I don't know. It was so weird as a as a real fan. It was just kind of like, all right, let's endure this. It, but this is way better, way better than what they did at the end of last season, where they had the bubbles. Uh, they had one in Edmonton and one in uh, Toronto, and people had to be. It's it was way better than that. So don't get me wrong, but. I'll accept this. I'll accept it. And, of course, Tampa is the quote-unquote defending Stanley Cup champions. You want it in a bubble. I know. I know. And then, and that's the thing. I feel like even with whoever wins it this year, 
is going to have also, as I feel it should have been last year for Tampa, the little asterisks, you know, how they always... Um, has there, have you ever seen that movie? What was it? 61, I think is what it was. It was about the uh, the guy who... Uh, was it Lou Gehrig? He broke the record for um, Babe Ruth's home run record, and but they wanted to put an asterisk. Was that the guy? Damn it. I'm, I like baseball, but I'm not that huge a fan. But they made a movie out of Billy Crystal actually produced, and I think he might have directed it too. It was a good movie. I watched it. and um, But they wanted to put an asterisk next to the record that had gotten broken that was, was Babe Ruth's because there was more games in the season, okay? And I thought, and people were like, that's wrong. Which, for hockey, so for instance, last year was the bubble tournament, um, and then you had this year where it was only 56 games in a season instead of the normal 82. So they figured, well, you didn't play an entire season. But that, it was still, it was pretty probably still pretty grueling because they had, um, they played almost every other day um, to a certain extent. That was pretty crazy. Plus you were playing, they had a series thing, which I think they should keep, which is sort of baseball style where you'll play the same team three times in a week and then they move on. It just, it just lowers travel. And I think that should be done in general, in my opinion. Um, it was actually originally done in baseball because of obviously travel. Travel was harder back then. Trains, buses, whatever, even at the big leagues. So they would have, that's why they would have a team come into town and play three, four, five games uh, in a week and then move on to another town. So I think they should do that in the NHL. But it's good. It's been interesting. And, um, but I, the asterisks. So, okay. I mean, yes, it probably was a pretty grueling season. But, you know, 56 games, put a little asterisk there. Yeah, you're the. You're the Stanley Cup champion, but you did in what 56 game schedule, not a normal 82. Which, and I hate to admit it, ugh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, people. I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but it's even more reason to respect teams that repeat, especially, especially in my opinion, uh, to win a Stanley Cup because you have an 82 to 82 game schedule. Right, and then you go into two months of very intense, very physical playoffs, and then to win the Stanley Cup. So teams that have repeated, such as the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah, the Schmitzburg Schmenguins, uh, or any other team, the Red Wings back in the early two thousand stuff like that. That's pretty grueling. So I don't think you could give that kind of. Um, recognition to a team such as Tampa. So like, for instance, if Tampa wins the cup this year, I don't think they should get the same kind of, Oh my God, you won two years in a row back to back. It's not the same people. That's all I'm saying. It's not the same. So, but I'm interested to see how this expansion draft is going to go and how good of a team the Seattle Kraken are going to be. Um, yeah. So, all right. Anyways, but yeah, uh, Islanders won tonight, beat Tampa three to two. So that series is tied two two. They got Vegas and Montreal. Uh, Montreal tie. They're two two, right? Aren't they two two? I think Montreal won in overtime after Flurry, which is funny because uh, one of the announcers was just sitting. Can we just get rid of Pierre Maguire? By the way, who does? I know I'm going on about all this other stuff, and it's like, uh, uh, okay, John, are we talking about? Yeah, we we yes, and the rest of the show will be pretty quick. But um, yeah, I. 
the, one of the announcers was talking about how Mark Andre Fleury, the goalie for the for the Golden Knights for Vegas, well, his stick handling of the puck was so good. Um, but then he flubbed it, and he literally the puck went back between his feet, and Montreal knocked the goal, knocked the puck in the goal, and tied the game with like five minutes left, and then they won an OT. And uh, but one of the announcements, he's getting better at his stick handling. No, so but uh, Mar- yeah, Mark Andre Fleury, he's played for the Penguins. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good hockey. It's been good hockey. So, hey, go Wade. There's some more hockey talk for you, buddy. <laughs> Write me back, dude. I'm kind of, I am. I'm kind of upset that nobody uh, wrote me back. But I have people that write me. They send emails or uh, an email. I haven't gotten one in a while. I've got one that I want to read, but that's it. All right. But first, I want to talk about this. I saw this the other day. And this reminds me of, um, sort of reminds me of, I was told by my mother, actually, to give her credit, when I was uh, early teen-ager and early mid-teens. And I remember I was, uh, I didn't live with her at the time, but I had come to visit. Uh, and, I, you know, she was kind of talking to me about, oh, dating and stuff like that. And one of the things that she told me, and my mom in her younger years had been a, a server in a restaurant. And one of the things she told me was, when you go on a date with somebody was to uh, observe how they treat the server because that's a good indication. That's a good litmus test, as they call it, for how that person is in general. If they're going to treat somebody that they don't really have to treat well, if they treat them like crap, right, that's going to give you a good indication of how they are as a person. And I've always remembered that. And I've literally gone on dates uh, over the years, um, where I, I remember, I remember I met this girl one time. She was, she was very pretty. She seemed very nice. Um, was very much, you know, after me. And at the time I just, I don't, I was like, I don't know why. What's same thing with Liz. I don't know why she basically was like, you're cute. We should hang out sometime. And I was seizing opportunity, which is not something I'm known for in my life. I said, what are you doing right now? Um, I was actually kind of drunk at the time, but I did. I, she said, you're, you're funny and you're cute. We should hang out sometime. I said, what are you doing right now? <clears throat> but anyways, I went on a date, this date with this girl. Seemed very nice, very pretty, just everything. You know, had a lot of things going for her. Went out to eat. Um, we went to an Olive Garden, actually. I think it was an Olive Garden. Was it an Olive? No, it might have been like a, well, those other ones. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And she treated the server like complete shit. She really was. She kept asking for stuff. You know, the server was like, do you need anything else? Do you need anything else? And then the server would, you know, walk by. Oh, excuse me, I need more ranch. It was just. And then she was just kind of like, yeah. I know. She had this attitude. And I went out there and I literally took her home. Not long after the, the dinner. She was like, do you want to hang out? You know, you want to come inside? Nope. Do you, uh, you know, do you want to hang out again? So I, yeah, I'll talk to you. Saw her around a couple of times after, like, oh, you haven't called me. Yeah. I actually, at one point, I wanted to say to her, like, you should be nicer to people because the way you treat people is a reflection upon yourself. Remember that, people. Remember my John D. podcast listeners. 
The way you treat other people is a reflection upon yourself. And just remember, some people might be observing how you're treating other people. And they might form an opinion of you that way. Hmm. All right. Well, there's my lesson for the day, right? All right. But I saw this thing. Uh, I was reading. I like to read a lot. I don't read a lot of books per se, but I do like to read a lot about all kinds of things. And one of the things I saw was it's called the shopping cart test. I mentioned it before the break. Now, what this is, this is where it's also a test upon yourself to see how you are, but it's also other people can observe you. Maybe they know you. Maybe they don't. I don't know. You know, you go to the to the grocery store or the Walmart, Costco, whatever. You go someplace with shopping carts, your local Target, right? And you see a bunch of shopping carts. I literally, I went to the other day, I had to buy a new wiper for my car because I had to get it inspected. And they will fail you for a little tiny tear on your, on your windshield wiper. So I, and it happened to Liz when she got her car inspected last month. They actually rejected her. So I went to Walmart. I was like, well, I have a little one too on my, on my uh, little, I have a little one too. All right. That's what she said. Anyways, I get a new wiper. And so I went and I'm walking into Walmart and there was literally a stall where you put the, uh, put the shopping carts in six shopping carts sitting two spaces over from it. Just sitting. The, 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 the shopping cart stall wasn't full. It was just a bunch of shopping carts just sitting there. Just Somebody literally just left them. Just left them. They couldn't walk 10, 15, 20 more feet to put them into the proper, uh, what they always say in the movie theaters, the proper receptacle. <laughs> Which is also something to do if you go on a date with somebody. Check and see if they pick up after themselves when they leave the theater. Do they? Do, obviously, you spill the popcorn and you're not going to go get a broom and a dustpan. Right, but do you leave your candy wrappers sitting around? Does the person leave their empty drink cups, their beverages? Right? Do they leave that stuff laying around for somebody else to get? If they don't, they're probably at least halfway decent person, and you should probably hang out with them after the date. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right. So this is an article. It's actually a website I found not long ago called Medium.com. It's actually very cool. I recommend it. I'm not being paid to say it. I just, they have some interesting stuff on there. Just like I've gotten into Reddit lately. Just a variety of things on the internet. Instead of reading the same old mundane, mundane bullshit. All right, it says, let's do a little experiment. I ask you to be completely honest, and I promise with no judgment, not a soul will know your answer. Okay? And this is, I want you all to do this. All right, you ready? Think of this scenario in your head. Let's say it's grocery day. Okay? And I'm, I'm, I agree with this article. That's why I'm reading it to you. But I also want you to kind of think about this. So your checklist is crossed off. Brown bags are settled. I, I always go plastic, but whatever. Your shopping cart is emptied and you're ready to go home. Okay. But have you ever caught yourself thinking twice if you'll return that shopping cart to its designated spot, i.e. the shopping cart stall? That's what they call them, right? I don't know. Now, recall, what did your instinct tell you, right? And what was your response? So whatever you did, right? All my listeners out there and anybody else, uh, whatever you do, nobody knows. But I wanted to ask yourself to grasp what the shopping cart theory is all about. Because, um, and it, this is big on Twitter. I think that actually went out. I might have been on Twitter, but then I read it later. So basically, based on this theory, to return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task 
one which we'll recognize, we all recognize as correct, right? The appropriate thing to do to return the car. Because it's not like an Aldi where you go back and get your 25 cents back or whatever, right? Or 50 or... But I, don't, I don't know. I never go to Aldi, so I'm not that rich. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I don't, I don't go there. Um, so you, all right, so to return the shopping cart, basically, it's objectively correct, right? It's the right thing to do. There's no, there's no situations uh, where it's a dire emergency um, where you can't, you aren't able to return it. Like, you know, there's a, there's a volcano and there's a lava flow coming and you can't I would just push the cart into the lava flow and then and then run like hell. But also on the flip side of that, there's nobody's gonna tell you what's wrong, right? So it's time to say simultaneously, it's not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. You can literally just leave it anywhere. Nobody's gonna come up to you and go, excuse me, but uh and then put you in cuffs or even give you a ticket or anything. So the shopping cart in that aspect, it represents the apex of, uh, as they say, the apex of an example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to. Think about that, people. Are you doing the right thing when you're not being forced to? Yeah. It definitely, definitely made me think about a little bit of self-focus. Um, and the writer who is... I've read, read some of her other stuff in the past. Her name... Oh, where is it? That's the photo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll find it. Um, but it's it's a basically it's a it's a theory on self governance. And so we're, like we're never gonna know who made this theory or how they even thought that that scenario would be something where it would do it. But it it, it outlines what is a code of conduct of, of acceptable behavior, which is what we need to focus more on as a society, people. And I just thought it was interesting. Um, I just thought it was like think about it and next time you see somebody this is the thing this is what I want to do I almost did this the other day at the Walmart because when I was leaving this lady unloaded her car put her kid who or opened the car for her kid who was I can understand if you got a little one you don't want to leave the little one in the car and walk 20 feet to put the cart back this kid was literally playing on his phone that's how old he was the kid had he it looked like he hadn't shaven in probably two weeks, but he had a little bit of a stubble beard going on. You know what I mean? That the kid could sit in the car. The lady just left the cart sitting there, and I just wanted to scream at her like, "You're a bitch!" You know, like that's a terrible thing. <laughs> You're like, really, it's not that terrible. It's not great either. Just makes me wonder what that lady. She probably goes to restaurants and treats servers like shit. That's what I'm saying. Oh, sorry, I gotta be. Um, yeah. So think about though. Uh, but the writer writes, um, like, because it's uh, how you're going to do things. So it's under, hold on, hold on, sorry. It's about positive experiences. So in this case, you'll return the cart because you find joy in doing what is right. That's what that's a reward. That's a self-reward thing. Um, uh, you'll return the cart because you're grateful you're done with shopping. That's another thing. You know, you're like, oh, got that done. Like when I got my car inspected the other day, I was like, whew, I actually got something done today. Um, but also positive institutions. You return the cart because it's what the store would want. And that's kind of like a mutual respect thing. Uh-huh. Are you questioning yourselves people yet? Because I was reading this thing and I was going, holy shit, this thing is pretty deep. 
it's just a shopping cart. It's just a shopping cart. But the theory behind it, it's pretty, uh, what's the word? I'm not even looking, I don't even know. It's pretty cerebral if you really think about it, you know? It's a shopping cart. But if you don't do what's right with it, that's, you're kind of a dick. Yeah, so think about it. What would you do with a shopping cart? Email the show, the John D Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, maybe I'll get a couple people respond and I'll, I'll read them on the next episode. I'm, I'm interested to see what you would do or what you think of people who do that. Get a little listener feedback on that, um, you know, or Twitter, John D Comedy, or, uh, or at John Podcast, just John Podcast. Um, let me know, you know. I want to know what people think about this because I really, I read this and I was like, man, that is, uh, that's, um, okay, all right. I see where you're going with this. Um, but the end of it says, so next time you're finished with your grocery, ask yourself to return or not to return the cart. That is the question. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So think that over. Also, if you go, you're hanging out with somebody and they don't return the cart, I might want to tell that person and say, but bang. What? Uh-huh. All right. How much time do I got left? Eh, sure. Real quick, I want to talk about this. So apparently in uh, Surrey, North Carolina, not long ago, uh, the um, Surrey County Commissioner's Office, because this is the thing. This is the thing that got me about this. So Coca-Cola came out against um, Republicans and the GOP, and they're pushing forward of bills that are voter referendum bills. Which is basically, they're basically voter suppression bills. Don't act like they're not, okay? You know the truth. I know the truth. If you don't know the truth, then you're, then you're you know, you're blinded by probably your own racism. It's probably what it is. In my opinion. Because that's what it is. It's basically what the Republicans and the GOP in these certain states that are doing this type of stuff with these referendum bills is basically they lost an election. They thought they were going to win. They lost. And now they're going to change the rules on everybody. That's not fair. That's not democracy. Oh, well, there was uh, fraud. No, it wasn't. Shut up. You're an idiot. If you still think that Trump won, uh, you're an idiot. Okay? You're an idiot. If you think that Donald Trump won this that election. He lost. He actually even admitted it uh, on a phone call. I think it was with Hannity the other day. You want to hear something off the rails and just rambling more than me even about how he said, he was like, oh, well, apparently we lost the election. Well, apparently we lost the election, but we'll see exactly how that goes. What? How are you going to see where it goes? Where's it going to go? You lost, dude. You're done. You're done, son. Have a seat. Oh, just where that guy would go away. But this county, in it's Surrey County, North Carolina, which is on the border between North Carolina and Virginia, the county commissioner's office decided that they were going to ban because Coca-Cola came out. They're from Georgia. They're based in Atlanta. They came out and made a public statement, which they're allowed to do because they are a privately owned company. Ricky Schroeder. They, they're allowed to make statements like this, which Ricky Schroeder, by the way, did say he's not going to buy Coca-Cola anymore because they shut the fuck up. Um, but the county commissioner office and one one guy in particular said they're not going to have Coca-Cola vending machines in their county in North Carolina, which is, I don't know, how many hour drive from Georgia? 
I mean, depending on where you go, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Uh, this article is in Newsweek, and I pulled it up because it's pretty much just covers everything without going into other stuff. Um, it says a North Carolina Carolina county decided <laughs> to ban Coca-Cola vending machines in its office buildings after the company outwardly expressed criticism over Georgia's new voting restrictions. North Carolina's Surrey County decided to remove the machines after the Atlanta-based soft drink company released a statement on April 1st to express their disappointment over the voting laws passed in Georgia. In Georgia. Uh, and basically, there's a statement here, but they state... I'm just going to kind of scam... Uh, scam. <laughs> scan over it, but basically they say... Um, so this is what happens when my brain starts going faster than my mouth does. It's a, yeah. Um, but basically, Coca-Cola said that they unambiguously are disappointed in the outcome of the Georgia voting legislation and that uh, they oppose it and they oppose the measures of the bill and that they believe they're, as they say, quote, diminish or deter access to voting. And that they, as a company, all have, all have, all their employees and everybody have a duty to protect, quote, everyone's right to a vote. And we will continue to stand up for what is right in Georgia and across the United States. Okay, very simple. Coca-Cola is a company. And this is the thing, as I get into this, I'm not saying that the Surrey County Commissioner's Office can't do this, but this is a really stupid-ass thing to do. Sorry, it's a stupid-ass. Surrey County Commissioner's who are all Republican. Mm-mm-mm. Go figure on that. Southern Republicans PO'd because they lost an election. Mm-hmm. And now they want to change. Okay. Vote. All right. So the, the Surrey County Commissioners, who are all Republican, voted last month to remove the vending machines. But uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina Television Station, uh, WXII, Wixie, See, I'm telling you, nothing against people in Winston-Salem, but that is the dumbest name of a, you know, usually like KBRW or something like that. What's this W? Um, but they have reported as of any, upwards of two weeks ago that they still have not been taken out. Apparently they have rescinded this now because I think they realized, one, how stupid it made them look. Two, oh, what do you, hey, we can take all the drink machines out. We got to call Pepsi. Hey, we got some spaces for you. Pepsi's like, we don't want to be there either. Bye. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> uh, they tried to replace them or whatever, and then people they're like, "Well, now we're gonna have all these thirsty employees running around and not getting their three o'clock caffeine fix um, while they're collecting all the money from the poor people from their taxes, right? Trying to pay for their houses and their cars, and they're falling asleep at the desk." Uh, what is the what was the guy's name? Eddie Harris. That's his name, Eddie Harris, has said. Now, this is the reason that he's saying is that that he is he voted for review, removing the vending machines was a way for the for the county to stand against cancel culture. What is your asinine? But that is completely what he says. The left wing in America. This is a quote. The left wing in America. They defund. They boycott. They cancel. They tear down statues, all sorts of egregious actions. 
really, Mr. Harris, did you have, did you pull out your thesaurus? <laughs> I can't even say thesaurus. Did you pull out your thesaurus in order to make that, <laughs> to say that word, egregious? Was it on your uh, word of the day calendar? You tear it off and that's your, oh, that's a good, I, I believe that's a good word there. I should lose that. Harris said the expectation from them is the opposing political side will cower in the corner and we're supposed to accept that and it's supposed to be okay and it's not okay. But Mr. Harris, you are using the tactics of the people you are complaining about to cancel out Coca-Cola. Are you an idiot? Are you are you an idiot? You're going to stop Coca-Cola? You ever want something fun to watch, Mr. Harris? Watch the Cola Wars. Watch read that book. Or watch uh, History Channel's Foods That Built America and how Pepsi and Coca-Cola. You're not stopping Coca-Cola, you idiot. But also to mention, to say that you're canceling them out in your county public buildings, government buildings, by taking them out. But you're fighting against cancel culture? You back-ass moron idiot. The kid went upstairs, sorry. I I heard him go upstairs for a second. Uh, He said, I would suffice it to say that I am very concerned with big corporations and the unelected oligarchs. Oligarchs. (laughs) If you don't know what an oligarch is, I'm not going to go into it. But in big tech, trying to affect public policy and bowing to this cancel culture. What are you doing, Mr. Harris? Millions of American conservatives and Republicans use Coca-Cola products. Who cares? Why the is... What do you care? But you're insulted by something they said about something that happened in Georgia. In Georgia. And now you're saying, well, I'm not going to stand for that. I, I, I do declare I'm not going to stand for that right here. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're a white guy. Your party lost. And now you're doing whatever you can to grasp at straws to get back at the fact that, you know, hey, you might be losing a little bit in this country, huh? Maybe it won't be your generations of white people running the country. Maybe. Just maybe. And you're mad about it. And you took it out on (laughs) Coca-Cola. And then you realize what an a-hole and an idiot it made you look like. Mr. Harris. Um, Millions of American conservatives probably use Coca products. And they should be more respectful of the views of all their consumers. Mm, I don't think that's the case in this, Mr. Harris. I think the problem is, is that... You were trying to, from Surrey County, North Carolina, which is on the northern side of North Carolina, say what should be going on in a state, you know, two states over, and in their government, you, Mr. Harris, need to worry about what's in your own county. Okay? Okay. Okay. Thanks for playing. Yeah. No parting gifts. Georgia lawmakers signed new voting laws into effect in March requiring voter IDs for absentee ballots, which is asinine stupid, but whatever. Uh... Allowing fewer ballot drop boxes, that's suppression, and criminalizing bringing food and water to voters waiting in line. Really? Because they have said, well, that could influence them. So if you went up and said, hey, I represent so-and-so's campaign, here's uh, you know, a snack and a bottle of water while you wait in line, that that could influence their vote, and that's not fair. And they, and they said that it, it's not just about presidential or higher-tiered elections, it's about local elections as well. Well, then just leave it at the local elections because isn't that what you're really worried about? Or are you really just worried about the fact that maybe, maybe white society and culture might be losing out a little bit to the fact that 
there's other people in this world that are coming here, right? Right? Maybe. That's what Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene is so afraid of. That's what all these people who are afraid of teaching race theory and about racism and the history of America are so afraid of. <laughs> That's what they're so afraid of. It's going to teach people how to, to not like people for our skin color. No, they won't. Because any normal, rational person of whatever skin color will realize nobody alive right now had anything to do with back then. No matter how much they might say it was. Maybe you run the same, you know, it's the same family. So maybe your great, 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 great grandfather owned slaves. Okay, but do you? No, everybody. Okay, just get over it. That's the problem, though. That's the problem with people in these type of situations and these positions in Surrey County, North Carolina. Well, I, I do believe this is, you should represent and respect us all. Which apparently um, a local Coca-Cola bother, which is not owned by Coca-Cola, reached out to them, talked to these people on this commission, which I just, I read this story and I was literally just blown away by the fact that you're, Something happens in another state, and you're gonna can't you're gonna punish somebody. And the fact that he said that cancel culture, I don't think Mr. Harris understands. I think Mr. I don't think he probably has a Twitter account. That's my guess. I don't think he probably reads his. He probably reads the old Sunday paper. He probably sits back there, reads the old Sunday paper, and the old field and stream. You no, know? maybe reads the old Reader's Digest with the condensed versions of things and the the stupid dad jokes that they got in the back there. That's what Mr. Harris probably does. So, you know what? I hate to say it like this, but it's kind of funny because, and they the people don't want to accept it, but, you know, some of these older people, they see what's going on in this country. They see how the tides are changing and we're becoming more and more diverse and they don't like it. <laughs> and this is how they're fighting it by taking out Coke machines <laughs> in government buildings in a county over something that's two states away. It's so stupid. So stupid. And it shows the idiocy of these people that they don't get it. So, yep. Enjoy your Sunday supper, Mr. Harris. Uh, so, anyways, I just thought it was funny. I don't, I have nothing against the people of Surrey County, but your county commissioners are idiots. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. I think that's about it for me. Uh, like I said, though, um, it's been a crazy time. So sorry about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this episode now because I think I've said my piece. I got stuff to do. Uh, Liz is going to be home here in a little bit. So I want to go get some things done. I don't want the wife to walk into a, a dirty kitchen. No, I already, I already unloaded the dishwasher. I do stuff. But anyways, I got stuff to do. And uh, I've rambled on enough for right now. So hit me up on Twitter. John D. Comedy. J-O-N-D Comedy. Uh, John Podcast. Email me at, on the show. The John D podcast, T H E E J O N D podcast. Sorry to the uh, Jennifer. I'm gonna I'm gonna read your email on the next episode. Okay, I hope that's okay for you. And I'll I'm gonna literally try to do it next week. Um, I do have an episode coming up, hopefully this week that I'm gonna be making with a guest, very interesting guest. Um, I'm very excited about this. Hopefully it works out. But either way, I will. Uh, Jennifer, I'll get to your email. Jennifer from California, I'll get to your email. Um, next episode I don't want to go on too much longer my uh, my buddy my co-producer Mr. Dom Hancock that's his voicemail when you call him said he could uh, sometimes I was long-winded 
in my some of my episodes lately. And I don't want to be doing that to you guys. I don't want to be talking about random stuff forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, don't forget your charities, right? Um, bestfriends.org. Uh, they, they do a lot of work with uh, animal shelters. Their goal for 2025 is to make all animal shelters um, in the United States uh, no kill by the year 2025. That's a great thing. Um, and then, uh, uh, what was I doing? Um, I know I'm rambling on here. I lost my note here on the end. I had something else I wanted to read to you guys. Doesn't matter. Wasn't a huge deal. Um, Wounded Warrior Project, Feeding America, No Kid Hungry. I've explained to you about them before. They're all great charities, all .orgs, so you know they're in it for the services, not the profit. Absolutely. And uh, I got to run, people. Thank you so much again for it. Why? Why? Why, John? I think I need to go back to drinking. (laughs) Maybe I could talk better. Anyways, all right. Thank you for listening to episode 34 of the John D. Podcast. I've been your host, John D. Miller. I will talk to you very soon. Take care of each other. Happy Juneteenth, okay? And uh, happy Father's Day to all the pops and dads out there. Um, Yeah. Hug your children and uh, love one another. All right? I'll talk to you soon.